Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Finding Harmony podcast with me, your host, Harmony Slater. Hi, welcome to today's podcast, and I'm Harmony Slater, and today I'm here with my husband, Russell Case, and we have an episode about the yoga practice and pregnancy. Yeah, I think this episode is going to be called Animal Husbandry. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. It's a funny word, isn't it? Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah, because it's sort of like shepherding, you know, f- like new foal, new foals into the world, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't really think I'm all that involved. No? I Well, you're kind of involved sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I'm... I'm I'm currently shepherding your your son. You are. We should yeah. we should invite a, a guest, a male yoga teacher with a child, and get his opinion. What do you think? I think they probably don't have any clue what's going on. <laughs> so often I get asked about what it was like to practice while pregnant, and um, to speak to that. Carol Burnett said that you have to imagine uh, vacating a giant watermelon and that that would give you some idea of what it's like. Well, that's that's maybe the birthing part, but... Um, I imagine that has some kind of effect on you. <laughs> We're going to talk about before that happens. Oh, you mean the actual, like, the holding the, the thing in the belly? Yeah, while you're practicing. Oof. <laughs> So for me, I knew pretty much right away, I felt um, a tightness in my hamstrings, which was very strange. You mean like immediately after you had sex? Not immediately, no. But like the next day or maybe... The next day? Yeah, or two days later. You could tell right away you were pregnant? Yeah. I think I'd heard this actually, because Jeff had told everybody in Mysore that it was like, you knew the moment it happened. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like that that day, I felt different. I felt like energetically, and I know that sounds like a little bit foofy or weird, but I felt no, that's like the, that's our demographic. Yeah, I felt a very different energy come over me, and like I don't know, it was it was really interesting. It was in my nervous system. I felt there was something different happening, and so I don't think that's that's common, though. I think. No, that might not be common, but have that you, was have my you experience. Asked other people like Dina or some or people, yeah. Some they, people, if they're very in tune with their you, nervous system and how they feel, they know immediately. And they and they said that to you yeah. that they also felt it immediately. Yeah, but I don't think it's that's amazing. <laughs> I don't think it's common. That's like the when we had the COVID. I knew immediately I had it. <laughs> yes, like in your nervous system. Yeah, I could tell. Um but as soon as I, you came home. <laughs> I had some strange um, body sensations too, like a very tight, tight feeling in my hamstrings. Hamstrings, which wasn't normal for Weird. me. No, yeah, but like I would think that you would have like relaxin rather than. No, it was like testosterone. I think what happens is your steroids. body starts to change a lot, and um, and then it like it changes things in your body, like your pelvis starts to. I don't know, shift immediately, really. Hmm. Yeah. And so I had a, I also felt like 
I couldn't really use Udiana Banda in my practice so much. Like I would try to use it, but it would You would try? Yeah. But it would feel like a like a wall or something like a like a like really solid. Like I couldn't really engage those muscles. Oh, that's what it feels like when I eat too many chapatis. <laughs> Yeah, kind of. It was just, it was interesting. It was like there was a, there was a shifting happening that I noticed right away. So, um, so then, I mean, I still was practicing. I didn't actually stop my practice. I didn't change anything really in my practice. Were you you in Victoria? Where were you? Were you in Thailand? Yeah. At the time I was in Victoria and then actually about, I guess maybe a Month oh. after I became pregnant, I went to India. And we did the special course together. Yeah. The special, not so special course. Yeah. Special course, special price. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. So then I was in India practicing yeah. and I was like six weeks, seven weeks pregnant. I had my first um, doctor's exam in India, actually, from a gynecologist <laughs> there, a female doctor, of course, because <sighs> that's the way it's done there. Um, but that is crazy, man. Because yeah. I had just, I remember the day that you told me you were pregnant. Yeah. I had just given you the, the deepest, weirdest backbend adjustment that you can do. <laughs> you know, I'd given you this old timey Guruji adjustment. In Scorpion. In, in Vrishkikasana, yeah. yeah. And I'd taken your chin and your feet and I'd squashed them together <laughs> yeah. with my hands. And, uh, and you came out afterward and said, oh, I thought I should tell you actually that I'm pregnant. <laughs> and it was like, oh my, oh my, good lord! And you're doing that? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't change much about my practice. Um, I felt very comfortable and confident uh, in my, I don't know, that the right thing would happen. So, I mean, again, that's not everybody's approach, but that was my approach. <laughs> I'd been practicing already for. Uh, what, maybe, what year was that? 2009. So almost 10 years. Oh, that was 2010. So yeah, 10 years, I'd been practicing pretty regularly, seriously, Ashtanga yoga daily. And I was very comfortable with the practice, comfortable with myself, my ability, my intuition. It wasn't something new or foreign. Mm -hmm. And I felt also very comfortable with the pregnancy as well that, um, you know, I wasn't a high risk pregnant pregnant woman. I wasn't having any like uh, complications or signs of complications. So I had a student, Tiffany Tsang in, in Taiwan, who had her second baby with me. And I knew about the first Not one. Not with course. you though. It wasn't my baby. No <laughs> one thinks it's my baby. I mean, no one, <clears throat> still no one thinks it's my baby. The second baby that she had, she, she said, oh, I didn't want to tell you the second time. Because I wanted to test the baby. Yeah. And I said, oh, you mean you wanted to see if you could kill the baby? <laughs> I mean, that's really what what you're saying. You wanted, you thought you were strong enough. <laughs> I don't think that's what she was saying, but I think... Yeah, but is that what you were saying? No, mm-hmm. I just felt like, the you know, things happen the way they're meant to happen. <laughs> so... <laughs> I have a different outlook on life than other people. <laughs> yeah, you said, well, if the, uh, yeah, well, you know, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. yeah. So I wasn't worried. Um, <laughs> thus, I was in India practicing, and I didn't. Yeah. 
I didn't want to tell Sharat that I was pregnant. You didn't tell Sharat? No, not till the last day of the course. Oh my God. <laughs> because I didn't want anyone telling me I couldn't practice. And, you know, I was, yeah. se- I was serious. I was, a, yeah. I was there to practice. You were there to test the baby. <laughs> I guess. I didn't look at it that way. But, but uh, yeah, he came out strong. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's willful. Yeah. Like his mother. Yeah, very strong child. So oh maybe... <laughs> Maybe if I was more relaxed, he'd be more relaxed. <laughs> but so you, you you remember Joanne and Darby? Yeah. Paletti? Yeah. She told me that certain things got easier in her practice. Did that happen to you? Um, no, I don't remember anything really getting easier. I definitely remember for the first three months, uh, I mean, also my weight changed a lot. So things really got harder for me because when your weight oh, the changes- binding. Yeah, and also just jumping back and jumping through. When I got pregnant, I was like 100 pounds. By the time I left India, I was 12 weeks pregnant. I was like 120 pounds. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, right. So I'm sure Sharat was looking at me that month thinking like, this girl better stop eating. <laughs> what the heck's going on? It's r- rapid, rapid weight rapid gaining. Rapid weight gain. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah it was uh, – it was, I don't know. For me, I didn't feel like things really got easier. Maybe things were getting maybe backbends. I really enjoyed backbending when I was pregnant. Yeah, and I think backbends got easier because there's more weight in the front, so it counterbalances you going back. Oh, and uh, it really stretched my psoas out. I could like really keep my heels down for the first time, and my backbends actually. Um, never went back. They always stayed like with that open feeling that I had when I was pregnant oh, after amazing. that. So I guess back bends got easier for me. But that's a contradiction, right? Like your hamstrings are getting tighter, but your psoas is relaxing. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, because your abdomen has to expand. But I would think the relaxing would, f- would affect everything. It does. And so, I mean, you do have to be careful, especially um, – Especially in your last few months, I would say you have to be really careful. But, you know, you definitely want to practice with a lot of awareness. You don't want to push things. And it's interesting, every woman's experience is quite different. Like, I loved backbends. Um, and some women really don't like that feeling of stretching the abdominal muscles, doing oh. the backbends. They hate backbends. Wow. Um, some one woman I know, she when she was pregnant, every time she'd do downward dog, she'd want to throw up. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I was just like, don't do downward dog then. Your mom is, still feels that way. Yeah, my mom feels that way <laughs> normally though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so each woman's experience is quite different when they're pregnant. Mm-hmm. And even uh, if you've had two babies, your experience with the children, like being pregnant two times in the same woman, can also be quite different. Mm-hmm. So I know Dina Kingsbird has talked a lot about this. With her first pregnancy, she was basically still doing third series. And then with her second pregnancy, she was like really relaxed and chilled out and just like, yeah, I'm just going to take it easy here and mm-hmm. maybe do a little primary <laughs> series. Wow. So I think it really, you know, there's a lot of different factors that really change your experience um, each time mm-hmm. and different hormones, you know. Well, are you are you recommending that 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 women really 
listen to themselves and do exactly what they think that they want to do and not really take a lot of, say, external advice. Yeah. Even though this is external advice. Yeah. Yeah. My my external advice is to not take external advice. Um, yeah, I think I really feel like as a woman, especially as a practitioner, Mm -hmm. you know, if you've never practiced Ashtanga yoga, if you become pregnant, probably Ashtanga yoga isn't like the yoga you want to start with. It's pretty physically demanding and quite an intense practice. You might want to like just take some Hatha classes or restorative or prenatal yoga classes are quite relaxing and very different atmosphere. But, but not because it's a risk. No, it's just taxing on your system. And your system's already having a lot of demands put on it, mm-hmm. being pregnant. Mm-hmm. You know, you're making another human being. Mm-hmm. And so you don't want to stress yourself out with more demands. But if your body's used to something, like if you're used to running and you become pregnant, you can still run. It's not demanding oh, for your body. But you like, remember when Demi Moore was doing that? Like, <laughs> on her ninth, tenth month of pregnancy, she was ten running. Months. It's ten months. I guess, kind of. It is ten months. I've heard that. That in her ninth, tenth month of pregnancy, she was out running ten miles a day still. Yeah. I mean, if you're used to it, your body's used to a certain amount of physical exercise. It, it knows what it needs to do that. Mm-hmm. But like for me, I mean, you wouldn't catch me running. I mean, you, you I, don't, I barely catch, run now. We're not going to catch you running. <laughs> Yeah, I, I shuffle. You shuffle. That's, that's, so. it's, it's lovely to watch. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, um, you know, to listen to yourself and if you don't like something, if something doesn't feel right, then don't do it and just skip it and move on to the next thing. I have actually given this advice to to women all over the world that if you say you walk into a room and you just really don't like the teacher in there and you just don't want to do what he says, just tell him you're pregnant. (laughs) And it's, it's like, it's like a license. It's like, it's like you're suddenly like James Bond. You've got a license to kill. You can literally do anything you want in there and they're just going to like pretend they can't see you. Yeah. I've, I've, given women similar advice. Like if you feel like doing pigeon, you know, just tell them you're pregnant, do pigeon. I mean, not lie about it, but like- Oh, don't lie about being pregnant? I don't tell them to lie about being pregnant. I tell them if they are pregnant, to let the teacher know. And do whatever you want. And then do whatever feels right for you. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you can kind of take a little bit of liberty because there's lots of ways you can modify- the Ashtanga yoga sequencing to be more relaxing, more nurturing, less demanding, less intense. And I would recommend doing that when you're pregnant, especially later on, you know, maybe in the the third trimester. If you continue practicing, you get quite large and twisting is impossible. And there's a few things that like you're going to want to start to modify probably in your second trimester, like the twisting. You can twist away from your thigh rather than towards yeah. your thigh. Um, yeah. You know, you want to give yourself space. I had seen uh, a topic choice. It's in Guruji offered that advice. He gave that advice to Jean Cho from Boston mm-hmm. to when you're in Marichyasana C or D, for example, instead of twisting towards the knee yeah to then turn the opposite way and open yourself up away from the knee yeah 
like that sort of thing. Exactly. And you could do that in the twist and the standing sequence as well. Yeah, definitely. Because you just basically just like you've got this thing, you've got this this watermelon. Do whatever you you can. Yeah, and modify it. the postures. You can take liberties to modify the postures in whatever way feels comfortable for you. Mm-hmm. And for some women, again, twisting doesn't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. So maybe don't twist. I mean, you know, you don't have to do these things. It's more about nurturing yourself, your growing baby inside, giving yourself that time and that space to breathe and move and feel your body in a new way. Um, you know, increase that awareness into your physical being, into your mental, emotional being, how you're feeling, you know, observe these these precious moments, these changes, and it changes so often, you know, daily, it might be very different. You know, one day, maybe you can't balance the next day you can one day, you know, twisting doesn't feel right. The next day, it feels fine. One day backbending doesn't feel good. The next day it feels fine. So these things are constantly changing, especially when you're pregnant. Uh, and it's a, such a wonderful opportunity to just observe what's actually happening for you that day and respond and trust that what you're feeling, you know, don't try and uh, be blind to it or push it away or ignore it or not be responsive. It's, it's a wonderful opportunity to really be responsive to what is for you in that moment. And then also like, let go of the form a little bit, let go of this demand that you have on yourself to make things look a certain way or be a certain way and just kind of go with the flow, feel the breath, feel that vinyasa, feel the flow, you know, jumping maybe isn't great step, you know, you can really like kind of play with the practice and it can be quite a joyful explorative time to practice. I think. It's it's interesting because that's, I, I thought that was the whole point of yoga which was to examine the self and yeah. examine all parts of the self. And it really puts you in a place. It sounds like you're saying like, that's, that's really what you have to do. And it it's this wonderful opportunity to do it. And so the opportunity arises and lends itself to doing that. Yeah, very much so. I think it's really important to, to take that time to really examine yourself and, and examine what's happening internally as well as externally. And and to not push yourself into things. It's not really about purification. You know, often when we're practicing, it's about like purifying our nervous system, purifying our physical body. But when you're pregnant, it's about nurturing and really like loving and respecting. And I mean, shouldn't we practice like that all the time, actually? But especially when you're pregnant, it's not about like purifying or punishing yourself. Right. You know, it's about really like being respectful and responsive to mm-hmm. this amazing miracle of life. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. You know, when I was when I was teaching at Stanford, I had I think maybe over over the ten years, I had about a, a dozen uh, women uh, come to term in my class and go through the whole process. Um, something I'd always sort of said to them and thinking about, you know, liability say is like, just whatever you do, don't make any sound. <laughs> and like, I don't mean like, like don't go into labor. In no, my class. don't, don't, I don't mean like farting or like, you know, 
you know, making the Ujjayi breath. I mean, like, um, land very softly, step very softly. Right. And so I would say that as a liability issue, because I thought, worst, worst case scenario, they lose the baby in my classroom. You know, it's my fault because I'm the hard <laughs> ass, at, you know, in the Meister room. But I've heard you say this before um, in in speaking with women about pregnancy that, uh, and I, and I, I think you, you had some experience with it because you're, uh, you know, Jeff was a, a paramedic and had some medical knowledge that the risk of mal- of um, of miscarriage is, is much less than we think. And normally it's because the baby wasn't viable. Yeah. I have several uh, friends that are doctors and um, have delivered many, many babies and followed women through their pregnancies. That's was like their specialty. And like 0.01% of miscarriages happen because of trauma to the mother. So like a car accident or falling downstairs or something like quite abuse, something quite traumatic. Um, You know, the, the rest of the miscarriages is because the life isn't viable and it's your Mm -hmm. body's way of responding to that and saying, this, you know, something's gone wrong here. I, you know, I can't carry this baby to term or this, the development of the fetus isn't happening as it should. And so it's nature's natural way of, of eliminating that, that process. Um, And so it's not, it's really, you know, this fear that, oh, if I practice, you know, I shouldn't practice for the first three months because I might have a miscarriage. It's really not a reasonable fear. It's, um, it's sort unless, of old-fashioned nineteenth-century male-dominated yeah, medicine. Yeah, it's, they, they're having that that medicine that that pregnancy is a medical crisis. Exactly, it's supernatural. You know, you don't see like horses getting pregnant and just like lying around, like they're still galloping and they're still like <laughs> doing all the things point. horses That's do. That's really an excellent point. Actually. You know? Yeah, I'd never thought of that. <laughs> like no animal, no animal in nature stops doing its normal thing. sits things. on a couch yeah, for nine months no. or lies in a bed for no. nine months. They'd be eaten pretty fast. Yeah. It was like, it's just not normal. So you, wow. it's important to do your normal things. Wow. Um, and I mean, I think some yoga teachers would say that because of the liability issues yeah. and miscarriage is most likely to happen in the first three months. Mm-hmm. And when it happens, people feel responsible or they look for a reason why it happened. They blame themselves. They blame themselves. They blame the activity. They blame the teacher or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's an emotional um, thing. And mm-hmm. it's it's a very sad experience for a lot of women and men as well, you know, it's, it can be quite traumatic. The times that I've had miscarriages have been horrible. <laughs> but, um, but it's really not anything the woman has done or, you know, hasn't done, has done, hasn't done. Um, and it's mostly just nature's way of saying this, this pregnancy isn't viable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's important to keep that in mind as well. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, 
unless you're a high risk pregnancy and you kind of know who you are in mm -hmm. that case, you know, you've had some problems, maybe problems getting pregnant, problems right. staying pregnant. Yeah, my, you've had a lot of miscarriages. My you, mother fit into that. She had an inverted uterus and she had, I think three, maybe four miscarriages by the time that she had my brother and then me. Yeah. Um, so she was certainly risky. Yeah. Not that that stopped her from taking enormous risks, mom. <laughs> but let me ask you, how, through your pregnancy, do you feel like you were really, because I know you really like to go out there and crush it. Like you like to kill it when you practice. Like, did you, <laughs> did you maintain a level of intensity all the way to term? No, I, as soon as I knew I was pregnant, I really backed off. You backed off. Yeah. I still was doing like intermediate series, practicing intermediate series, primary series, a little bit of advanced series, but basically I would say probably by the fourth month, I really didn't want to do advanced series so wow. much. I didn't, you know, even Ekapadashushas and I didn't really like, I don't have much space between my rib cage and my hips. Oh, so, to begin with. Yeah, it, yeah. I didn't have a lot of room for, for the growth of my abdomen, you know, it yeah. like it just grew right. out right yeah. away. Yeah. <laughs> and so you've seen those pictures of Joanne, she was doing fourth and fifth series up until the day of yeah. the birth. Yeah, I think a lot that, of it depends on your proportions. Those photos taken the day before. And that she didn't look very pregnant at no. all. And I had a student who also... It's not like she's tall. I yeah, she was, she was crushing it, you know, lawyer, first baby. Oh, your, your student. Yeah, my student and had a very long waist and really didn't start showing until like her seventh month. Yeah. Like... She really had nothing to show. It wasn't like she just had a lot of room in there for right. for the uterus to grow without it like already like kind of popping out the sides and the yeah. front. So some of it depends on your proportions as to what feels comfortable and what doesn't and um you know what you can do and can't do. So day of mm -hmm. did you feel like you had some extra grit some 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 well that you could reach into or technique that you could go to or are you just basically on your own there with this thing <laughs> yeah okay well let's let's end it with that story because i think that's a good place to end and we can maybe pick this up for part two okay. of like what happens after you have a baby, which is also like a whole. You're still there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's a, still... It's, it's a whole other problem. When you cough, you pee. That's basically <laughs> yeah. where you are. No more jumping on trampolines for you. <laughs> no. Um, no. No, you're done. But, um, but yeah, I would say, you know, I, I kind of pulled my groin area or some maybe my psoas had a slight tear. I don't know exactly what it was, but it happened probably a week or two before I gave birth. And it didn't happen actually practicing. It happened demonstrating a posture. And it was so ridiculous because it was Parsva Konasana. A super easy one. Yeah. And I wasn't even putting my hand on the floor. I was putting my elbow on my knee. <laughs> and I just... It was just like that relaxing, you know, it, yeah. just, it just, I just felt myself like, felt this like complete right. kind of. Well, like, that's, that's how women get 
hernias, yeah. inguinal hernias, is, that happened to, to Tiffany as well. It just did a little thing and it just tore. Yeah, it was so ridiculous. And so I was quite worried that it was going to be, that a, was going to be a problem giving birth. But, um, you know, when you give birth, you have so many hormones and I'm sure adrenaline and all kinds of magical chemicals going through your system endorphins and yeah yeah. so um i had a little bit of a complicated birth in that jediah was um upside down what is that called uh inverted i don't know uh, yeah it has a name yeah but anyway so it does have a name it has like an old world breach birth yeah (laughs) Yeah. that old world word yeah and um and so I was having a lot of, or no, he wasn't breached. Sorry, that's the wrong word. He was facing the wrong way. So yeah. I don't know what that is. When the head isn't facing. Breach is like sideways. Yeah, breach is like with the feet first or the body first. But yeah. anyway, he was just facing the wrong way. So his face was not in the right position. His head wasn't in the right position. <sighs> so I was having a lot of really terrible back pain and he's, back labor. He's still like that when he's doing his math. Yeah, not in the right position. No. Nope. <laughs> um, and so when I, I was in the shower a lot, like that water, the heat on my back was yeah. really helpful. And, um, and also I had a little bit of a strange thing where my contractions never um, became rhythmic. They were never like you can time your contractions and the space between them yeah, shrinks. Right. Mine were um, quite erratic and oh, haphazard and all over the map. That's awful. So, that's a nightmare. Yeah, so it you was. You can't predict it. You can't prepare for it. No, you couldn't predict it at it all. It just takes you by the. So when I got to the hospital, I was having like a lot of contractions coming up. And then um, my midwife, uh, because we have a birthing system where you can have a midwife in the hospital with you. Oh, like in England, yeah. And so she checked and she was like, oh, you're only two centimeters dilated. This is going to take a long time. Right. Um, you're supposed to be 10, right? Something like that? Eight, eight I think. Yeah, 10? Okay. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. Some gigantic <laughs> shape. Yeah. yeah. So um, then I think 10, yeah. I feel like it's 10. Anyway, about an hour later, um, I started to feel like I had to push. Yeah. And And she she was like off having a snack somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) And and my mom was there. Well, your mom's a neonatal nurse. She can do this. (laughs) She can just shove her hand up there and pull the baby out. And my she couldn't. And no. so Jeff told my mom to go find her to bring her back. Because he's like, she's pushing. She needs to. This baby's coming. Yeah. Um, and at while my mom was off finding the midwife, I had a very large contraction and Jediah flipped around. <laughs> yeah, it was very exciting. And <laughs> <laughs> big crack in the bottom of my pelvis, uh, big clunk, and the water broke everywhere, and it was it was all very dramatic. Um and so but, but- I, I'm confused. I thought the, that was the first thing. The plug comes out first. Not necessarily. Not no. necessarily. No. Wow. Okay. So then uh, she came in and she was, she's like, oh my gosh, you're, you know, basically fully dilated, but there was like the lip of the cervix wasn't peeling back. So she had to go in. This is all, did oh my gosh, a, this is so graphic. I can't believe Did she believe do I'm an episiotomy this. on you? No, no, no. She, did she, she cut it? No, she stuck her thumb in there and pulled the cervix back with her thumb while I was having a contraction, which oh, is cool. very painful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it was fine. But, but like on the degree painful. of pain, it's all like at a 10 anyway. Uh, yeah, I 
I don't know. No, there's some. <laughs> it was a little <laughs> put it right over the edge. Yeah, it was, it was worse. Oh. <laughs> anyway, but then his heart mm. rate started to go down uh, every time I was having a contraction. Yeah, and, so that's, they, and then now it's a crisis. Yeah, so it's yeah. a crisis. There's a problem. So they started yeah. to prep me uh, with the with the uh, IV. Right. Because they're saying, oh, we might have to do a cesarean. Yeah, sure. And I was, I mean, I think like a lot of women, I really didn't want a cesarean. Sure. Um. My mom really wanted this. Yeah, some really do. She some really, really was don't. like not into this experience at all. And like whatever, you know, whatever works for you and whatever you have to do, you have to do it. To get a yeah. healthy baby. A healthy baby, a healthy mom, everyone's safe. It happens the way it's meant to and happen. And it's a success. So at that point, um, I was kind of like just out of my mind and like having an outer body experience. You were full well, on hallucinating. Right? I was, yeah. I was like tapping into the lineage of women that went all the way back to the first woman and like the tree of the earth that held all things together. And it was very uh, cosmic. Our demographic is going to like that. Okay, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, it was It was yeah. like a full on trip. Yeah. Outer body trip into celestial realms. Right. And into like past generations. I was following umbilical cords all the way back to like, yeah, the root and the source yeah. of it all. And you were seeing it. Oh, yeah. It was, it was like a full immersion into this other world That's while so i was convenient while you're having, having yeah. like super massive contractual yeah pain. i was not in the room at all oh it's completely amazing completely left out what a yeah. joy exit exit yeah <laughs> and so and so at that point um this doctor came in and and i was fortunate that he was also an acupuncturist so he was like kind of like froofy he wasn't froofy at all no but he really like was into like assessing people situations and into natural kind of things. Oh, I'm he sorry. Wasn't, That's what I meant by froofy. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't just into like, okay, let's take her in and, and you know. Right. Cut her. So he got the details, I'm guessing, from my midwife about how long I'd been in labor and what was going on. And he came in and he grabbed my face like, like you would a naughty child, you know, by the cheeks. And he pulled my chin and he looked, he brought his head right close to mine and looked me in the eyes like, like really holding my chin and looking me in the eyes, like really intensely. Mm-hmm. And he said something like to the effect of, I don't want you to make another sound. And I was like, oh shit, this guy's really serious. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just looking at him like wide eyed, like, oh, okay, what's going to happen now? <laughs> and he said, the next time you have a contraction, I want you to hold your breath, tuck your chin and push out your anus. No. And I was like, oh. And immediately I felt so relaxed and so at ease. Because you've been given as like I'd a, been given instructions. Yeah. I was like, oh, I know, I know what to do. This is Mulabanda. Yeah. This is Mulabanda in reverse. Of course it's Mulabanda. Yeah. It's the root. It's the source. Yeah. And it all fit. Yeah, it all fit. And, and I have to do Jalandarabanda. Hold my breath like I've been doing in my pranayama practice. Yeah. Super accessible for me. Right. And I just have to push out my anus. Yeah. Why didn't people tell me that before? Right. <laughs> and Finstead tells people that a lot. Yeah. He said, this is the opposite of Banda. Yeah. Opposite. But you need to kind of know where your Banda is to access it. <laughs> right. So then it was like two pushes and, and he, he was free. 
Free. <laughs> yeah, tonight free. it was free. <laughs> free. Free. But That's good. The interesting thing was the umbilical cord was wrapped around his leg. Oh, yeah. And it was quite short. Mm-hmm. And so as I was pushing, what was happening was it was getting um, tighter and Yo. constraining him. Yeah. And so he wasn't coming out properly because he was like tied. Yeah. Wow. So anyway, I'm sure someone out there. today. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Tied to me. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm sure someone out there has some interesting, like, uh, insight into this birth story. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So that's my birth story. I didn't know that I was going to tell the birth story. That's good. Well, yeah. Before we get on to the next part. Yeah. About living with the baby. Yeah, that's... We should do that bit. That's, so that's the good. really hard part. The yeah. birthing's a piece of cake, really. Oh, my goodness. It's just like nature takes its course, you know? You just surrender and it it all just happens. I had a... I don't, I, I don't know if I have time to tell you this, but I had a, a student in England. Uh, I think her name was... It was a weird name, like Zena, something mm-hmm. like that, or Zeta. And I saw her one day and she was look, looked really pregnant to me. And I'm... A moron. So I said that. I said, "Wow, you look like you're ready to pop." And she's she's English, right? So she said, fuck off. She said it just like that, and she walked out of the studio. Months later, she comes back and she tells me, "I couldn't believe it. I was seven months pregnant. And that's why I told you to fuck off." Wouldn't you know? I went I went into labor on the way home. What? Went into labor on the way home right after you told me I looked ready to pop. Went to labor prematurely, had the baby. Yeah. And I said, well, what was that like? Ah, it was a piece of piss. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the baby's supposed to be up there that long. I think seven months is enough. No, <laughs> it's not enough. <laughs> okay, well, we hope that this was entertaining and informative and that it's given some, hopefully, reassurance and maybe some insight into uh why you'd possibly get pregnant yeah into practicing and pregnancy um there's a lot of stories so anyway i'm sure it'll be fun to listen to i hope let's let's revisit this topic yeah but we'll we'll carry on with part two in another episode because that's really the tricky part is what to do after the baby's born that's the seventh series isn't it yeah yeah so thanks thanks for listening to this episode of finding harmony with me your host harmony slater you can find out more information on my website harmonyslater.com and i look forward to connecting with you again soon standing in eternity's Watching the breaking waves There's a hard wind and the soil